0: Between Pat McAfee, Jason Whitlock, and a whole host of others, the landscape of sports media has changed. We're getting into all of the layers of that, this time on Iceman and Coach. What is up everybody? Welcome back to a bonus edition of Iceman and Coach. It has been a while since we have published content under the flag of Iceman and Coach. And while this is an old school monologue episode for me, and I have been kind of doing that this week with all the news with Nick Saban, Bill Belichick and everything, I had some time on my hands today and I wanted to put together an episode about what I consider the ever-changing tide in sports media. What do I mean by that? Well, the last couple weeks there has been quite a bit of news related to a couple of, I would say, polarizing personalities in the sports media landscape. And I think the first one of those is Pat McAfee. The other is Jason Whitlock and by extension Stephen A. Smith and I guess Jamel Hill, Dan Levitard and some others. But I want to start with the Pat McAfee story because I think that is more intriguing At least I think it relates to a lot more people in all of the little layers of how this is presented, plus all of the ramifications that it could have with sports media, conspiracy theories, and a whole host of other things. I should make it very clear that I really like Pat McAfee. As a matter of fact, I think that what he has done with his podcast, I think that what he has done with the sports landscape is incredible, and I really feel as if Pat McAfee is un, or is tapping into something that I think has been happening since the pandemic started and I think what Pat McAfee has done via the via the relationships that he has and of course via the I guess, popularity that he has grown through being an NFL player, having made connections with all the NFL players, executives, and things. Pat McAfee has built an empire in the media landscape for himself by bringing his friends along with him and being unmitigatedly himself at all times. It's a personality that I think gravitates people toward him. I think he is liked by a lot of people because of who he is, how brash he is. And really, he's almost anti-establishment in a way that feels genuine. It doesn't feel forced, and it doesn't feel particularly violent, if that makes sense. I think there are other people who do not like him, and I'm thinking more older people, more conservative-leaning people, because he does business in the media landscape in a way that has not really been traditionally done, if that makes a lot of sense. He's not a professional. He's a professional actor. He is a professional entertainer, But he's not a professional broadcaster. He's not a professional media personality the way that we have known those to be for basically the entire existence of sports media. And he has his own show, and his show grew to the point that DraftKings paid him a lot of money to host that show and be a sponsor of that show. Pat McAfee was then offered the platform of ESPN after Being the one who had the connection to Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was deciding who he was going to play football for in 2023. And when we saw that that segment of his show, and I'm talking about when Aaron Rodgers came on to say that he intended to play for the Jets. That got like one million people who tuned in, which is just incredible numbers for a show that is exclusively on YouTube. ESPN knew that they needed something that needle moving And almost that boundary breaking on their programming because ESPN has been struggling of late. And I'm talking about the last five years. I think that the changing tide of politics in this country, the changing tide of media in this country and the way that we are expecting our media to be. And I think that the way that media is becoming because clicks are going that way, ESPN has been struggling. They have obviously wanted to be seen on the more liberal side of things, and I don't necessarily mean in the way they're presenting their programming, although a lot of people would make that argument. I think it has to do with the fact that they have a more diverse look to their programming. You see a lot less white faces on there. They have leaned into some sports that I think people don't feel very passionately about, thinking about the WNBA, for instance, and I think a lot of people see ESPN, see their connection to Disney, and see all of that as being woke. Or going woke. And while there is maybe a semblance of truth to that, I don't think it necessarily is fair to paint ESPN with this broad brush. However, you can say that they have noticed that their ratings have dipped for one reason or another. And they know that they have to make a move in order to get back into the landscape the way that they once were. I think it's important to note here that they're never going to get back to what they were. The days of SportsCenter. I'm talking about your old school SportsCenter in the late 90s, even the early 2000s. Those days are long gone because the media landscape is completely different. The viewer is completely different. They are catering to a viewer that is so vastly different than what I was 20 years ago when I was watching SportsCenter, even longer than that ago. Our attention spans were a lot longer back then. And today, the average attention span, I feel like is about a second. And so ESPN is trying to stay relevant in a game that is moving faster and faster and faster, but also is becoming more and more divided as their listener base and their viewer base is becoming more and more pushed to whatever liberal or conservative side that they feel is if they need to be on or that they want to be on. So here comes Pat McAfee with this empire that he is building. And that empire isn't too dissimilar from how somebody like, say, Donald Trump built their empire. And I don't mean to liken the two of them in the way that they are personally, I just mean that the people who follow Pat McAfee really, really love Pat McAfee. And they are loyal to Pat McAfee the same way that they are with Donald Trump, the same way that they are with Tucker Carlson or anybody who has that kind of a following, Oprah Winfrey, it doesn't matter. He is somebody who people feel really passionately about. You either love him or you hate him. There's not many people that are indifferent about Pat McAfee. ESPN knew that that was lightning in a bottle. It was a lightning rod for clicks, engagement, and therefore ratings. So they offered Pat McAfee a five-year contract for $80 million and he took it because Pat McAfee knows that ESPN is one of the worldwide leader in entertainment and sports media and media in general. And now he has a connection to College Game Day and his show has a platform where it can be televised in a lot of different places. This helps Pat McAfee immensely in terms of his engagement, in terms of his popularity, his influence, and that comes up in this conversation. So Pat McAfee saw this as a win-win. ESPN, though, has spun it in the way that they are saying they're essentially renting this property. They did not buy the Pat McAfee show. They do not own the Pat McAfee show. They are buying Pat McAfee, and they are buying his popularity. And what comes with that is everything that Pat McAfee is and everything that his fan base is. I will say this for Pat McAfee. He is unapologetically himself, and he will always be that way. That's the way that he runs his show. Kind of similar to Stephen A. Smith in a way, although I think Stephen A. might be playing a little bit more of a character on screen. I don't get the sense that Pat McAfee is playing a character on screen. Also, what comes with Pat McAfee are his connections, and the biggest connection that he has is his weekly spot with Aaron Rodgers, and that is what has caused some controversy of late. It's caused controversy before, but not quite to this extent, and we know that Pat McAfee himself, or whoever it is that handles the books over there at the Pat McAfee Show, is paying Aaron Rodgers an appearance fee every time he comes on. I think it's like a million dollars every time he comes on. That sent the internet into a rage. How could that guy get paid? Oh my goodness, he's a paid actor, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, not enough people get paid for their appearances on these shows when they give their time, their expertise, their words, and their likeness to these shows that then use it to aggregate all this content and they don't see a dime. So Aaron Rodgers is the main attraction on the Pat McAfee show. He comes on every single week. A couple of weeks ago, right around the time that the Epstein list was being unveiled or certain names within the Epstein list were being unveiled, Aaron Rodgers made a quip about Jimmy Kimmel. I think it was related to vaccine stuff and some things that Jimmy Kimmel has probably said in his show. But essentially, Aaron Rodgers said something to the effect of Jimmy might be worried that his name could be on the Epstein list. To me, this was a serious allegation and not something you say in jest. Because if you're on the Epstein list, you are adjacent to pedophilia. And I don't think there's anybody outside of pedophiles themselves that actually would condone pedophilia in any way. Anybody with kids, I would hope anybody without kids, but certainly anybody with kids would know that pedophilia is one of the worst things that you could do. Crimes against children is the worst thing that you could do. And pedophilia is right up there with it, if not number one with a bullet, hard stop. So to accuse somebody of being on this list To accuse them of being adjacent to pedophilia is dangerous. And it's, quite frankly, not right. I can say very safely that if somebody were to make that accusation of me and I knew it was untrue, I would be furious. And I would probably be going after them legally, the same thing that Jimmy Kimmel is doing. So Aaron Rodgers made a lot of news with all of that. Coupled with that was all of the outrage that came from people, and I would say rightly so, and from Jimmy himself, And then, of course, you have all the things with Pat McAfee that has been leaked out about potential sabotage of his show from ESPN and how there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. And Pat McAfee went on his show to address the Aaron Rodgers thing, but he also addressed the rumors about ESPN sabotaging and so forth and essentially called Norby Williamson, who is one of the highest ranking people at ESPN, he called him a rat live on air. Norby Williamson is sort of Pat McAfee's boss. At least he's somebody who has decision-making power over what the Pat McAfee show can and can't do on the air to an extent. And he has had brush-ups with a ton of people at ESPN. And so all of this is fascinating for many reasons. So the Aaron Rodgers stuff I've already talked about is dangerous. My personal beliefs on Aaron Rodgers are I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers the person anymore because I don't care what he believes and I actually don't care what just about anybody believes. For instance, I'm not somebody who believes in main organized religion. But if you are somebody who does, I actually do not care. When it comes down to somebody being sanctimonious about their position and overly so, that's when I generally start to have issues. Again, I'm a live and let live kind of person. I really don't care what your lifestyle choices are, your religious choices are, whatever. But the second you start to creep into, well, what I think is better than what you think is when I start to have an issue. And Aaron Rodgers over the past couple of years has kind of become that and the pandemic certainly heightened that when you had everything about him being immunized all the comments that he's made about Anthony Fauci all the comments that he has made about people who are pro-vaccine and honestly I've become tired of that shtick with him he's become very sanctimonious so that's my beef with Aaron Rodgers and while I think that having Aaron Rodgers on your show is fine I think that Pat McAfee does have a semblance of journalistic integrity in the fact that he should make sure that when Aaron is on there, that Aaron is not saying things of this magnitude that are dangerous. And Pat McAfee essentially coming on and I don't want to say brushing it off, but essentially saying, oh, it's just shit talk. I'm just going to say this. Every piece of news and evidence that has come out has not had Jimmy Kimmel's name on or even close to being on the Epstein list. That doesn't mean that it can't be true later on down the line. They did not name every single person who was on it. But for the names that were identified this time with the unveiling of these court documents, Jimmy Kimmel's name was not on the Epstein list, and it has not even been rumored to be on the Epstein list from anything credible that I have seen. And so for Aaron Rodgers to even make that joke is not a joke. It is not. Jimmy Kimmel, on his side of it, obviously has to respond. And unfortunately, because Jimmy Kimmel is going to respond in a public way, he responds on his show through what ended up being an eight-minute monologue to start his show. As much as I don't side with Aaron Rodgers on this, I found Jimmy Kimmel's monologue to not really be funny, and I felt that it sort of dove into the same low-hanging fruit that somebody like Aaron Rodgers has been dipping into for a while. We're talking about education shaming and things of this nature. To me, that's akin to fat shaming. And I didn't think that it got the point across. And I feel like now you have Pat McAfee and Jimmy, excuse me, you have Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel who both don't look very intelligent in this. And I don't know where this goes from here, but I'm disappointed in both sides. But let's bring it back to Pat McAfee for a second. When it comes to ESPN, there have been numerous, numerous stories about infighting within the company. And it's gonna happen in business. It's always gonna happen and especially in a business that is so in need of conflict and in need of being right and right at that right moment. Timeliness is key in journalism. Timeliness is key even more today when somebody could get a piece of news and tweet it out in seconds. And so ESPN has had a lot of conflict over the years, but one kind of conflict that they definitely have squashed from the get-go is what they consider anchor-on-anchor or talent-on-talent conflict. And there are a numerous amount of stories that have come out about this. One that particularly comes to mind is Jamel Hill and Chris Berman that was sort of a misunderstanding in a lot of ways. Pat McAfee coming on air and calling his boss or somebody who is akin to his boss a rat live sets a terrible precedent. It's unprofessional, for sure, And what does that say to everybody else who is not Pat McAfee at ESPN? Because let's face it, in every single business, in every single workplace, there is a hierarchy of people that matter. Where I work in my real life, I know that I don't matter. I don't say that in a negative way. I just know that my place in the organization is somebody who doesn't matter in the totality of where this organization is going. There are a ton of people who work at ESPN who are probably in a very similar position to me. But even when you get up to the on-air talent, not every person has an on-air talent is created equal. Pat McAfee is definitely a tier above a lot of people at ESPN. But Pat McAfee was also not ESPN grown. And I think ESPN favors a lot of those people, favor the people that are in-house that they knew that they grew. And the key is that they feel need ESPN to be what they are. And I don't think Pat McAfee is that. I think Pat McAfee could, take his ball and go home and actually probably get richer by doing so. But Pat McAfee being on ESPN has a responsibility to me to make sure that the show stays within certain professional boundaries because everybody with a job, no matter whether you hate it or not, to me it's unprofessional to call out your boss except if your boss is doing things like sexual harassment or things of this nature. But even if they are directly trying to sabotage you, airing your laundry in public never makes you look good. At least I don't think. I don't think it makes Pat McAfee look any better or more professional to do this. Could he have done it in a way that was more behind the scenes and still kicked ass and take names? Absolutely he could. He decided not to. And so there's a lot of drama with all this that I find fascinating. But the most fascinating part here is that now Pat McAfee is moving into this lane where because of his friendship with Aaron Rodgers and because he has become an Aaron Rodgers apologist through all of this, essentially, he is now almost being pushed to somebody who is seen as almost the spokesperson in today's sports media market as almost a conservative spokesperson for the everyman. And the everyman is who watches a lot of sports content. The everyman is also people that are associated with today more Trumpian conservative behavior and groupthink. And I don't know if Pat McAfee wants to go down that road. Again, I think Pat McAfee is refreshing. I like him. I think he's entertaining. I enjoy his delivery on things. I just think in this particular instance with Aaron Rodgers, he wants to be careful because you don't want to accidentally go down some road that you can never reverse from. And all of this is fascinating because it is, Indicative of the changing landscape in sports media. No longer is it really about credibility. No longer really is it about the truth. It's really about how many clicks can you get and how many eyeballs can you get on your product. And maybe to an extent it has been like that for a long time, but now it feels even more so. And Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to be on this show, even though Pat McAfee said that he would not for the remainder of the offseason. But he just had a surprise appearance recently. And Pat McAfee and all the buddies seem to think that it's it's amusing. And so they're laughing in the faces of their bosses. Again, doesn't set a great precedent. So every piece of talent that comes into ESPN is going to watch this, is going to watch nothing happen to Pat McAfee and say, well, shit, I'm going to do that too. I'm not sure that's what they want. And I think ESPN needs to be very, very careful here because they do need Pat McAfee to stay relevant. But they also need to make sure that Pat McAfee doesn't take the four letters and pull it down in the mud to where it doesn't matter if they have McAfee or not, their name has now been sullied and isn't seen as something that people want to be a part of any more than it already feels that way now. The other story that I wanted to get into a lot less intricately, because as a white man, it's very difficult for me to speak about this in an educated way, but this whole beef with Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock. Now, I talked about the changing tide in sports media, and this is definitely, to me, more indicative of how things have changed, especially for people of color or minorities in the sports media landscape. Historically, there have not been a lot of sports media journalists who have been black. That's just kind of the way that the numbers roll. Stephen A. Smith was one of the first. Even people like Jamel Hill, Jason Whitlock, Howard Bryant, they have all talked about how they were the only black person in their respective newspaper. And newspaper writing has changed now. Newspapers still exist, but they're not nearly the same avenue that people go to get news that they once were. And so Jason Whitlock was once a prominent sports writer, a very good sports writer. And over the last few years, I would say probably since 2016, he has gone away from being that and he has become somebody who feels as if their narrative is the opposite of what a lot of black men are talking about for the sake of being able to be on that opposite side to get the attention and clicks that they are getting. Along the way, Jason Whitlock has taken a lot of people out publicly via his podcast, via articles and other types of things, and on social media, and he has done so in a way that has felt almost personal. I talked about Pat McAfee airing his dirty laundry with his bosses. That's one thing. And I don't think you want to do that publicly, but that's another thing. It's your place of employment. Now what we're talking about are people in sports media who were once prominent journalists who now make a living doing content on their own. Stephen A. Smith, on his podcast this week, roasted Jason Whitlock. And his podcast is not affiliated with ESPN. He is not an ESPN employee when he does this. This is all on his own. Much the same as Iceman and Coach is not something that I do that is connected with my job. And Stephen A. Smith can say whatever he wants, and he is a different person on that. Pat McAfee was a different person on his non-ESPN platform than he is here. And anybody who's anybody knows that you can have your own personal media space and basically say whatever you want, although there can be legal ramifications to that depending on the severity of what you're saying. This is definitely a sign that things are different because now what we're seeing here is two people who once were prominent in their professions, and I'm talking about sports journalists, people who actually wrote. I think Stephen A's character today is sort of the opposite of Jason Whitlock because you have to have the opposite in today's media world. If you have a more liberal opinion, you have to have a more conservative opinion, and it works that way in just about every place. Even CNN, to an extent, now has gone to where they're trying to get more conservative voices on there, but they still are more a liberal-leaning entity. People like Will Cain exist, people like Jason Whitlock exist, Clay Travis exists. These people were all seen as sports media people, but now have pushed into less sports and more politics. And that's the fascinating part, is sports media has become poisoned by this divided nature of our country when it comes to politics. Everything is political now. No longer can we say, we'll stick to sports. Doesn't really work that way anymore. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that. It's kind of interesting to watch all of this unfold. But watching these beefs take place in a public realm is also a sign of the times. Sports media used to be about actual sports. Now, what we're talking about here are people who beef with one another publicly, whether it's something that Stephen A. says on first take. And then, of course, you have all the drama with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And, of course, you have everything that Jason Whitlock says and everything that Colin Cowherd says and Cowherd really isn't political, but you get the point I'm making, is now, instead of looking at these people as, oh, I like this person's opinion for what they say about my sports team or about some sport, is most people follow Jason Whitlock now because of the narratives that he is pushing as a black conservative male. Whether he actually is that and believes that in his real life, nobody really knows. Same thing with Stephen A., although Stephen A., you're getting more of a glimpse on his podcast that is separate from ESPN. But my point is, Now, in sports media, we have no idea who's a caricature and who's actually being themselves, who is genuine. That's what I said about Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee feels genuine. Dan Levitard, to an extent, feels genuine. But you can also make an argument that there's bits to be had in all of this content. Because no matter whether you're a prominent journalist or were a prominent journalist or not, you need clicks. You need eyeballs. Because that's how we all get paid. Even here at Iceman & Coach, we're hoping for more subscribers. We're hoping for more people to listen to our product. And it doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but that's what we're striving for. That's what all these media people are striving for. And so as all of this unfolds, number one, it makes me very, very sad because you see all these people bashing each other. You hear stories of backstabbing and stories about how Jason Whitlock got Dan Levitar to vouch for him to get him a job at ESPN and then tried to get all of these black journalists who he buried in the years prior to work with him, and they politely declined. And the things that he says about people and the things that he or the tactics that he uses to go after these people, to me, makes me sad. It makes me sad that somebody like Stephen A. now is in this place where he's going to go on his podcast and say this. But this is what content is. Pat McAfee, I said, didn't need ESPN. Stephen A. Smith is getting to the point where he maybe doesn't need ESPN. He's already building his brand outside of that. All the podcast stuff and everything, he is using that as a platform to basically say to ESPN, pay up or I'm out. And he's gonna get paid more money because he's setting up himself for success after the fact. All these beefs and everything with Jason Whitlock, in my opinion, these should stay buried. But they are too good for content. They make him money. Stephen A. Smith knows that people are going to click into that video specifically because they wanna hear what he has to say about Jason Whitlock and vice versa. All this talk about Whitlock now these days is actually giving Jason Whitlock more income. He's getting more people to be emboldened by their stances because they listen to him and watch him because they believe the same thing. And I think that the important part though is much like anything else, not everything has to be black and white, us versus them. Jason Whitlock can be a black man in this country and not be down with every single black cause and vice versa. Like as a white person, I don't necessarily feel like every single white person is representative of who I am because I've definitely seen white people who have prejudices and I'm just not down with that. Like I'm not down with living in a world where people are going to make a different decision or have a different opinion about somebody because of the way that they look. And I'm just not here for that. We all have differences. And they're to be highlighted in many ways because it's what makes us human. But really what this all comes down to for me is this sports landscape and media is so different now. And it's turned into where anybody can have an opinion. And that is 100% highlighted by this video right here because I can have an opinion. I have microphones, I have a mind, and I can put those opinions on the internet. A friend of mine in asking me about this Pat McAfee thing said, We're journalists now. And to an extent, he's not wrong. I don't have sources. I don't have people that are going to give me the actual information. But now, actual information isn't really as important as, do you have an opinion that people want to hear about? Have you created an echo chamber that resonates with people? Because that's, I think, what people are looking for. And one thing we struggle with here, Coach and I, I mean, is we struggle because we are not willing to be So one side or the other on things. We're willing to look at everything and consider all possible angles because most of the time it's not as cut and dry as we like to think that it is. And I just feel like the Pat McAfee situation, this beef between Stephen A. and Jason Whitlock, all of it highlights where we are. And the thing is, we haven't even gotten to the destination yet. The destination is something that I'm not even sure I can predict. Will ESPN be around in 10 years? Who knows? Or will it be like a la carte sports journalism? We follow and listen to the people that we only like and that echo what we feel. No more differing opinions, no more having to be exposed to things that we maybe wouldn't have exposed ourselves to. It's just, you agree with me, I agree with you, and that's all that I want. And maybe that's where we are headed down. But I will say this though, I don't dislike Stephen A. Smith outside of the fact that he's not the kind of personality that I want to watch. But I do find him entertaining. And I do feel like he's good at his job when he's getting down to the journalism party, as many connections. Jason Whitlock, as a person, I don't know if that's who he actually is. But when I read his opinions, it's just not something that I agree with. So guess what? I don't engage with him. And Pat McAfee, I still like. And I think unless he takes this massive heel turn, I don't think I won't like him. But I also don't have to watch when Aaron Rodgers is on. I don't have to like what Aaron Rodgers says. And I don't have to agree with Pat McAfee taking out his boss on TV. That's for them to deal with. But guess what? I can have an opinion about it because this platform right here and the way that the paradigm has shifted allows me to. Do you have an opinion on this? Are you a Pat McAfee fan? Are you a Jason Whitlock fan? Or do you just not a fan of any of these people? Call or text the show 703-718-6314 is the number if you want to do that. If you want to find us on social media, at INC Sports, on Instagram, at INC Sports, on TikTok, on Facebook, we are INC Sports. If you want to find us on YouTube, we're obviously here. INC Sports is the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, but you want to listen to our shows in audio, Iceman and Coach is all over your podcast apps. And of course, if you want to support the Maddie Ice Media Network, mattyicemedia.com for all the other podcasts that we have, including political football and fire footwear. Hope this finds you well, everybody. And I hope this finds you safe. And hopefully Coach and I will be back with a more traditional episode real soon. But until then, this is Iceman and Coach. Opinions and viewpoints expressed on INC Sports are those of Matt Freights, Brad Powell, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. INC Sports is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and Brad Powell and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.